right behind you. Good morning, church. How are you? It's so good to see you all, see you all at home, too. Not really, but it's good, good to know that you're there. Hey, um, we're, in the, we're moving towards the end of this series. Uh, Pastor Robert is going to wrap it up next week. And, but we're, we're looking at this toolbox for life. What are those skills, what are those tools that we need that are going to help us really to thrive in life and not just survive? You know, there's that old image of, of just hanging in there, you know, that, that you feel like you're just hanging in there. And, and I tell you what, that's not the way God intended for us to live, just hanging in. Uh, but rather, God has designed us, God created us so that we can thrive. Uh, and that no matter what we face, no matter what we experience in life, uh, God wants us to thrive. And there are sometimes we do that. Man, it's tough. Would you agree with me? It's just tough. But in the midst of all of that still, God still wants us to thrive in life. So um, it's not good enough just to want uh, to have a successful marriage or a successful business or a successful relationship or a successful um, education, a successful uh, whatever. It's not good enough just for us to want it. The culture, society that we live in says, uh, I want you to have desires and determination, and if you have that, and if you have enough of that, you're going to be able to succeed whatever it is that you want to do. And I just don't believe that. Uh, I, I think that there is a true disconnect uh, between what it is that God wants for us, that picture of God's preferred future, and what the world that we live in, culture, society, our desires, our determination, or what that says. And somehow, what God wants for us has to trump, has to get over, has to become larger than uh, what this world has to offer. And so let me just share with you this passage of Scripture. I want, in fact, I want you to read it with me. Uh, this is the overarching text for this series, uh, for this five-part series. Uh, please read it with me. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Here we go. Most of us are like this, this axe right here. I mean... I am not able to cut myself. Nobody better sharpen this before next week. <laughs> but many of our lives are this way. And, and what God wants for us is to sharpen these tools so that it doesn't take that much effort to do what it is that we're supposed to do in life because the blade, our lives are so sharp, so much a part of what God wants for us is that, man, we can just slice straight through. It's like butter all the time. And so that's God's desire. So what I want in this fourth part is to give you this, this last part or my last part of the series and to just say that these are skills, tools that we need in order for us to succeed in life, to really have success in every aspect. How about that? Anybody interested in that? All right, let's, let's look at where we've been real quick. So the first thing is uh, I said we, we have to learn how to deal with naysayers. Uh, would you all agree with me that we all have negative people in our lives? Yeah, we all, we all have negative people in our lives. And the reality is, the Scripture says, if we look at what the Bible has to say to us, the Bible says that I'm supposed to love all people. Now, is it, is it easy for me to love a naysayer? No, I just really want to say, get out of my life. And, and, and that's, my, that's my humanness. And God says, no, wait a second. We've got to figure out how is it that we learn to love them 
while not listening to him. And that's a challenge for me. But I think that's what God wants us to do. The second part is this. We need to learn how to recognize what really matters most in our lives. What really matters most. Some of you need to take out your teaching notes and get ready to write. Really, we need to look at what matters in our lives. I, I used a George Gallup poll that said that the greatest stressor in life today in North America is an, an incongruent lifestyle. Simply meaning that we have a set of beliefs. Uh, we say that we hold our lives up to what the scriptures say. We have this set of beliefs. And yet when we're out in the world, we turn our back to them and we start living the way we want to live. An incongruent lifestyle. How's that working out for you? Here's the third one. Last week I talked about how do we maximize our strengths. Uh, I used the acrostic of the word shape. I said uh, we, we need to re really focus on our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, and then our life experiences. And so uh, I really want to stress to you today the, 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 the importance of spiritual gifts. And I, I want to introduce you to uh, someone that I got to know pretty well back in October. Uh, her name is Susan Johnson. Uh, Susan uh, and her husband Mark have been a part of our church now for some time, and uh, they are uh, just becoming dear friends of mine. But one of the things when I traveled with Susan to Israel in October is that I, I really heard and I sensed in her uh, that because uh, she uh, really sought after God's, the way God wired her up, her, her shape, uh, is that she begins to live out and she experiences abundant joy uh, in life. And so I just wanted her to share just a couple minutes. She's from the deep south, so it takes her a lot of, word, a lot of time to say a few words. So <laughs> that's what she said to me anyways. So uh, we're just going to, uh, just take your time, sorry. So we're just going to enjoy, but I just want you to listen carefully. If you spent time thinking about your spiritual gifts, might you have an experience in life like Susan's talking about today? Susan, thank you. Good morning. Tom asked me to speak about one minute, and I said, Tom, you know it takes me 15 seconds to say six words. So we all know that we have been endowed with spiritual gifts all of those that are in Jesus Christ. And how do we know this? We know it because we have witnessed it, many of us, in people and in situations where God has been honored and he has answered prayer through someone with a special spiritual gift. We also know it because the Apostle Paul teaches us in the 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that each of us in Christ are manifested with special gifts from the Holy Spirit to be used for the common good. And the common good means the body of Christ, the church. And so with that said, Tom had asked us this week to do a special gift survey, and I'm sure along with many of you, I have done that spiritual gift survey. And I will tell you that the resulting um, outcome of the spiritual gifts were somewhat affirming to me of gifts that I have scored high in on other 
uh, assessments that I've done, primarily in the areas of hospitality, service, and leadership. If you haven't taken the spiritual gift test yet or the survey, I would encourage you to do that because you might be surprised at what your spiritual gifts are. They may not be the things that you think they are. At any rate, um, the one takeaway for me was that I realized that God has for me many spiritual gifts that I may not even be aware of and that I have never acted out on. And so um, that is, that's my goal. I heard an interesting thing this week in one of my Bible studies. It was done by Priscilla Shire, and she is a well-known Christian writer and presenter. And she described in her presentation a very large green stoplight or green go light. And she says that she has the sense that God has that out in front of her all the time. And that means go. That means take action. That means do what God is calling you to do. However, many of us, myself included, probably all of us at times, hide behind our caution light of fear and feelings of inadequacy. Uh, we're caught up in our day-to-day -day routines and we're frantic with all the things the world puts out there for us. And so we're reluctant to look up and see that green light. So as I close today, I would just say that my prayer and my prayer for each of us in this room today is that we will have uh, the prayer on our hearts asking God to encourage us in a very positive way to go, to move, and to take action. There are so many opportunities here at Cypress Lakes to plug in. So I say, let's go. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. So out of the Welcome Center, uh, I have asked that these be printed for you. If you are a paper person and you want to uh, do this, uh, I encourage you to do it again this afternoon uh, before the playoff games begin. And, uh, but I encourage you to do this today. If, if, you, do, if you don't want to take paper home, just go out. Uh, you can go on our website, cypresslakeumc.com, and this is also there in a PDF form. And I just want to invite you to do it. It will make a difference in the way that you live your life. I really, really, really believe that. So here we are today. We're going to be looking at um, how do we learn to use uh, God's throttle in life? How do we use and uh, really learn how it is that we learn to throttle down uh, at the appropriate times and when to let up at other times? And so often uh, what I find is that people... Uh, just think that I'm going to be just steady Eddie, and I'm just going to keep my, you know, just barely down, my pedal down. Well, I think that what God wants for us is that there's going to be some times in which your throttle is going to be full down, and other times in which you might literally be coasting for a season, and then back down. So I just want to explore this with you and see if you can uh, capture what it is that God wants to say to you about how to use your throttle in life. So here's what I believe. I believe 
uh, that everything significant that has ever taken place in, in the history of the world uh, has an element of timing to it, an element of timing. Let me, let me just see if I can highlight four different areas for you. Um, I was enjoying watching some of the NFL playoff games last week, and I simply enjoyed uh, watching uh, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's a young man who is just living into his talent, and it was so amazing to watch him just throw the ball, sidearm, underhand, whatever it was going to be, but he, had such, he has such a talent. And, and when he threw it, I'm wondering, where in the heck is he throwing it to? And then all of a sudden, there was Sammy Watkins just right there, perfect timing. And they knew, these two players knew they had this timing. Or, or what about this, Where, Pastor Joe? What about if I told you, Joe, that um, from this point forward, uh, you uh, were, the music that you read was no longer going to have any rest marks in it, and that every single note had the same value? Um, I think that um, music would not drive me. Music has a way of just pushing me. And, and so I think music would be uh, just uh, pretty flat. Um, some of you know um, that one of my dearest friends died a few weeks ago. Uh, his name is Art Holst. Uh, Art uh, is a young, a young man. He's 90, he died at the age of 96. Um, and just last spring, uh, we had him recite one of his poems. Just an am amazing speaker. But what Art was working with me on is how to use a pause. And he would sit right here at 11 o'clock service, and, 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 and he would come to me afterward and say, Tom, what about pausing here? So we need to learn how to pause. Or what about those of you who, who were in business and, and you knew that there was special timing that it took for you to achieve what you were doing? See, I, I think that whatever we do in life, there is a real sense of um, timing. And we need to learn how to use that timing. Now, let me show you these three passages of Scripture. And here we have this one. It says, there is a right time and a right way to do everything, but we know so little. There's a right time and a right way. Or look at the second one, 1 Timothy. It says, run, run hard and fast in the faith. It's the third one. I run straight toward the goal with purpose and with every step. There's a real sense timing, of a need for us to understand when it is that we're supposed to throttle down, when it is that we're supposed to back off. And so what I want to share with you in these next few minutes is I want, want to share with you how it is that we can learn how to be in sync with God when God wants us to go fast. Because I think that God, there are times when God says, you need to go fast. And then there are other times when God says, I want you to go slow. So let's look at that together. So what, is, what does God want me to do when God wants me to go fast? Now, let me give you some, just three thoughts. You might want to write these down because I know your minds. I know your minds. I know your minds. You'll forget. You'll forget. And you'll forget some more. So write this down. First thing, what do I do when God tells me to go fast? When God tells me to do something 
what am I supposed to do? When God says, uh, I command you to do this, we go to the Old Covenant, we go to the Ten Commandments. God says, I command you to do this. Or what about the New Covenant? We go to the, to the Beatitudes. God says, I want you to do this. Not sooner, not, not later than sooner, but right now, God says, I want you to do this. So many of you know that um, my wife and I have two children. Uh, our daughter is 29 and our son is 25. So I want you to back up with me uh, to when our son uh, was about 13, maybe uh, anywhere from 10 to 13. And, and our daughter, though, I just need you to know, uh, our daughter was a rule follower, um, and she still is. Our son, though, kind of tested the water of uh, someone like his father. And, and so uh, I'll never forget when Daniel was just young, and I would say, Daniel, I want you to go clean up your room. Daniel, I want you to clear the table. And I remember him responding a few times with this phrase, I'll think about it. And I'll think about something too. You know, but I remember that. And son, if you're watching, I remember that. And so I, I remember him saying, I'll think about doing that, Dad. And then as I started thinking about that, I became aware. I became very aware that I say that to God. In fact, I tell God that quite frequently. God says in the commandments, I want you to do this. I'll think about it. What do you think God, how God responds? Think God's disappointed? Yeah. But the good news is uh, that what God will do every single time, he'll say, let's try that again. So what is it that God has been speaking into your heart lately? What is it that God is asking you to do right now? How, how, how many times recently have you been saying, God, I'll think about it. I'll wait. So for me, the first thing that I've got to do is I, I'm thinking about when God says, I want you to go fast, uh, I've got to go fast with what God wants me to do. Here's the second one. When I need to ask or offer forgiveness, God says, do it fast. So many of us in this room, many, many, many of us in this room are, are, are so weighted down uh, because uh, we, we, we have these uh, people in our thoughts, uh, in our minds, and, and we, we know that we need to ask them for forgiveness or we need to uh, uh, forgive them. And God's designed for us. God never intended for us uh, to, to hold this to carry this weight with us. And yet you and I, we choose to hold this weight because we 
forget to say thank you or we fail to say thank you and we say, you know, or forgiveness, we fail to forgive you, we fail uh, to, to just uh, to move beyond this. So let me ask you right now, who is it when I'm speaking about this right now, whose name came to mind about who you need to forgive or who you need to ask forgiveness? Because if we're honest with ourselves, I don't think that there's a single person in this room or watching at home that doesn't have at least one person that you need to go to. Not one of us. Now look at this passage of Scripture. If you're giving an offering at worship and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your offering and go immediately to that person and be reconciled. Then you can come back to worship and offer your gift. Now, I want you to notice the order here. It doesn't say uh, that you need to get up and take your offering with you when you go. We'll take good care of your offering while you're gone. And because if the house is going to clear out, uh, then we won't have a very good offering this week. But, but truly, you know, the, the urgency, the Scripture writer is saying right here at the beginning of the Gospels is simply saying, you know what, if there is something between you and another person, you can't praise God. You can't worship God. Now that puts it in perspective for me. So who is it in your life right now? Right now. Who's top of that list that you need to offer forgiveness to? You have it? God says, do it now. You're not designed to carry that weight with you. Here's a third one. You need to go fast when you're tempted. When you feel temptation in this world, you need to go fast. See, every single one of us, every single one of us, what we need to have uh, in our lives is an order of things that we know that from, from one, two, three, what are the top three temptations that you have in your life? And I'm afraid, though, that I would say, if I asked you to write them down right now, some of you would have to think about it. We need to have crystal clear in our mind, what is it in this world that tempts us? What is it in this world, uh, whether it be something I see, something I touch, something I taste? What is it that is tempting you to move away from God's spirit and God's presence in your life and allowing the secular world to guide you and govern you? What is it? So we need to have... Uh, we need to have identity. We need to identify them. Then we need to have an action plan about those uh, three, four, five things uh, that are the primary things that tempt us. And then after that, uh, there are other things that will tempt us. And we need to have a reserve plan, an emergency plan for those things uh, that will just grab us uh, at one time or another. Uh, yesterday, uh, Karen and I were watching... Uh, um, we were doing this yesterday so I could watch football this afternoon. We were, we were watching HGTV. 
Got to give a little bit. So we were watching HGTV together, and, and uh, we were watching beachfront properties, okay? And yesterday, maybe some of you were watching, and they had this one episode yesterday. Uh, we watched many episodes yesterday. We, 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 we were watching this one in which they were looking at beachfront, of course, beachfront property, and, and all of a sudden, the, this young couple goes down to this private beach that, uh, that they have access to if they buy this property, and, and on there were some uh, women that were... Um, scantily dressed, um, uh, beautiful women, and, and the, the wife says, is this a nudist beach? And it just reminded me, there are things that we see that will tempt us. So guys, let me speak into your heart for a second. What tempts you? Women, what tempts you? Do you have a plan of how you're going to handle that temptation that comes every single day of your life? And those unique things that tempt us. Look at this text. Run away from all evil things. It's the saying, get out of here. So those are the three things that I think about when God says, I want you to go fast. Uh, when God tells me to do something, I want to go fast. Uh, when God says, I want you to ask or offer forgiveness, I want you to do it fast. When God says, uh, when you're tempted, I want you to go fast. All right, so there's the fast throttle. So what about the, th the slow throttle? What is it that God wants us to do when we're going slowly? Here, here's three thoughts. How about when I don't have all the facts? Go slowly. Uh, in, in our North American culture, we value going fast. In fact, li listen to this. In our North American culture, this is so, so countercultural because our culture worships and values impulsivity and spontaneity. To plan things is just uncool. I hear people say, I just go with my gut. How's that, how's that going for you? Going well? So last night, Karen decides to fix some beautiful, wonderful tasting chili. It was delicious. I, I, so I fixed a big bowl. I put some uh, some shredded cheese on top. I put a little piece, a little daub of um, of sour cream on it, and man, Karen knocked it out of the ballpark. So I ate my first bowl of chili. I ate my second bowl of chili, and then I had my third bowl of chili. And two hours later, my gut was speaking to me. way it is for many of us. Say, my, my gut's talking to me. No, it's just the bad pizza that you just finished eating. Or I, I, or I love when people say, I let my heart lead me. It sounds so spiritual. It ain't. Look at this passage of Scripture. 
the heart is deceitful. Or how about this one? Zeal without knowledge is not good. A person who moves too quickly may go the wrong way. Zeal without knowledge is not good. So what do you do when you don't have all the facts? I'll make it up as I go. I just don't worry about it. Or here, here's the second thought I have. God says slow down when I'm hurt and angry. I'm sure none of you can identify with this, right? None of you can identify with making a poor decision when you're hurt and angry. Sure you can. Some of the stupidest things that have ever come out of my mouth was when I was hurt and angry. For you also. So what do you do when you're hurt and you're, and you're, and you're angry? What do you do with that? Look at this text right here, James 1, 19. It says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How about living with that text? How about claiming that text for your life today? How about circling? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What are you doing? When you're feeling hurt and angry, it simply means slow down. Let me, I just got a couple minutes. Let me just wind this up. Let me, let me share with you something that I've been thinking about. So I've been thinking about this last point that says, oh, when waiting for a seed uh, to mature and grow, that's when I need to learn to slow down. So I, I brought some, uh, some uh, soil with me. And I, I've got a, a small little tomato seed. Put that down there. And I, I got some water, pour some water over it. And then my, in, my, in my culture, in my society, I say, hurry up. Mature. I want it now. And so I'm not, I'm not ready to wait. But if I'm willing to wait, anybody know how long it takes to grow a tomato? 60 days, right? Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? It just mysteriously, miraculously appeared. But that's the way many of us live our lives. We want this end product. But we're not willing to nurture it. We're not willing to engage with it. We just say, we plant it. So what are you nurturing right now in your life? What seeds are you planting? Are they good seeds? Are they angry seeds? Are they seeds that will produce abundant fruit? Are they seeds of evil? Are they seeds that are going to help produce God's gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace? Or are you planting seeds that are going to produce nothing but alienation, isolation, anger, and fear? 
takes time. It takes time to develop something of worth and value. What are you doing with your life? Sometimes God says, I want you to push the throttle down fast. And sometimes God says, I want you to slow down. What do you need to learn today from what God has spoken to you? Maybe you need to work on being fast. Maybe you need to work on being slow. Are you willing to let God work on you and with you so you can become all that God wants you to become? And that you may live into God's picture of the preferred future for your life. It's our choice. Let's pray. And God, we come really desiring something new and fresh in our lives. We're so tired of living life on our own. Living life by our, our own qualities, our own standards or the standards of culture and society. So God, help us to use these tools so that it really can transform us, change us into something fresh and new. So God, come and just take over and teach us when to go fast and when to go slow. Pray this in your name.